Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Interabang Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Simon. Thank you for being with me today, and thanks for listening. Before we jump into this week's episode, let's go and talk about some of the news you may have missed this week. Our top story, it's been over two weeks since Russian forces first invaded Ukraine, marking Europe's biggest land conflict since World War II. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky says Russia's leaders will be prosecuted for their complicity in war crimes. Three people were killed and 17 wounded in this week's Russian attack on a children's hospital in Mariupol, with images of pregnant women covered in blood and dust dominating news reports around the world. Zelensky released a video telling Russian leaders their invasion of Ukraine will backfire by landing them in court and making their own people hate them. And companies have taken action to limit, put on hold, or exit business activities following Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Disney, Warner Brothers, and Sony Pictures Entertainment have all suspended new film releases. Adidas, Nike, Puma, and H&M have also suspended both sales and deliveries. Apple, Google, Microsoft, and other tech companies have paused all product sales and downloads in Russia. And fast food chains are also hopping on this bandwagon, including McDonald's and Starbucks, who will temporarily close all establishments in the country. However, workers will still be paid. Soft drink behemoths Coca-Cola and Pepsi will also hold on all product deliveries. All of this on top of the financial restrictions as Visa and MasterCard have suspended its network. Russians are also facing more financial uncertainty after the US, Canada and Europe placed a ban on the country to use SWIFT, the international money transaction system. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky says all Russians will feel the consequences of the financial and economic sanctions the West has imposed on Russia. And going to some new and shocking COVID-19-related news, it's finally happening. Ontario is removing mask mandates on March 21st as we come close to the two-year anniversary since the start of the pandemic back in March of 2020. If you told me this was going to be happening about a few months ago, I don't know if I'd believe it. Masks will still be required on public transit, in hospitals, and long-term care homes. The province also announced that it will lift all COVID-19 public health orders by April 27th. Chief Medical Officer of Health Dr. Kieran Moore says the moves are possible due to the improving health indicators, such as declining hospitalizations and high vaccination rates. But he is strongly recommending that people who are vulnerable keep masking and is encouraging people to be kind to those who continue to wear them. However, some experts are advising not to get too comfortable. Western University professor Maxwell Smith says that the lift of mandates may be premature. So you could imagine an alternative scenario where you kept those measures in place until we got even lower, and then when you remove them, you might plateau at that level. So it's just a matter of plateauing at 2,000 cases a day, which might actually mean 20,000 cases a day. Smith worries that this shift could be a burden on the most vulnerable. Now, this week on the Interabang podcast, we're talking more about the invasion of Ukraine, but looking at it through a different perspective. You might have already guessed by the title, but today it's about Russian propaganda and the fake news being presented to the Russian population. Joining me today is Russian international student Veronika Ignatova, an MIA student at Fanshawe. She talks about the other side to this big story. So let's welcome Veronika on this episode of the Interabang podcast. Well, Veronica, thank you so much for joining us here in the Interabang podcast. It's amazing to have you here today. Thank you that you invited me here. I really appreciate it for this possibility. And before we get into it, too, I'd love to know really just a little bit more about you or have our audience know a little bit more about you. And I know you are a Russian international student, but I'd love to know why you came to Canada, what you're studying and kind of just starting there. So this is my second semester in Canada, and I came here just because 
here there are a lot of possibilities, much more than in Russia, in uh, in the my industry. I want to be a singer, and in Russia, it is almost impossible. Uh, so that's why I'm in Canada also. Once I just understood that I have no future, like no good future in Russia, and I have to change my country or for citizenship. So I'm here. It was uh, difficult, but I really like it so far. I'm so glad that you love it here. And just, I just want to ask a, a quick question too. You, you want to become a singer, which is absolutely amazing, but you said that it's hard or almost impossible to become a singer in, in Russia. Why, why is that? Honestly, I don't really understand this part, but um, in Russia, you can become a good singer if you have a lot of money or if you have a good kind of networking. But I mean, networking, not like, uh, you know, communication with people, meet someone new, uh, when you have someone uh, on the top of this industry. And uh, nobody, nobody cares about your talent or something like this or how much you work. And it is really sad, but I hope that here it is like more real. And what made you pick Fanshawe for kind of chasing it and starting your career here? Oh, it's kind of funny story. Uh, at the first, I wanted to apply to Ottawa University, but I had the COVID and I passed all the deadlines with the application and I almost gave up, but one day I just opened my laptop and there was a website of Fenshaw College. Like, I don't know how did I find it because I asked my mother, like, did you find this college? She said no. And it was like a magic. And I saw that there is a program, there is a pre-media program and uh, I have a time to apply. So that's why it's Fenshaw. But I really like it. I um, after that, I read a little bit more about this uh, program and I understood that it was the right choice. Well, I'm so glad that you're here at Fanshawe. That is a funny story. It just kind of came out of nowhere. Um, but I also, uh, you you mentioned your mother. And before we kind of go and talk about the the big conflict that's going on in the world right now and why a lot of people have that that sense of uncertainty because of this land conflict that's going on between Russia and Ukraine. Um, but Talking about your family, your friends, do you have a, a lot of family and friends back home in Russia? Or where are you from, from Russia? I'm from Russia, from Nizhny Novgorod. Uh, it is a city near to Moscow. And uh, I came here absolutely alone. So all my family is in Russia and in Ukraine. All my friends is in these countries too. But in Canada, it's uh, really easy to, to find uh, some close people uh, here. There are a lot of kind people, outcoming people. And uh, also there is really strong Ukrainian community, which is really great option. Yeah, I know London, just specifically London's Ukrainian population, I think it's over 10,000 people, which is <laughs> absolutely amazing. Um, but, but really focusing in now and talking about the state of Ukraine and, and Russia right now. So by the time this podcast comes out, it will just be over two weeks since Russia or Russian forces first launched a large scale military attack on Ukraine. And that was back on February 24th. And since then, a lot has transpired out of that. We've seen just within these past two weeks, a lot of different news come out about, you know, the United Nations last time I checked estimates at least 
350 civilian deaths, but they say that that number could be considerably higher, uh, especially since the refugee agency I saw just this past week say that there's more than 2 million people have fled the country in these past two weeks, which is crazy to look back on because I remember, you know, following the news because in these situations and all this uncertainty, I feel like that's all I can really do is just kind of keep myself up to date with what's going on. Um, But by even this time last week, I don't think it was even at a million people had fled the country, which is... It was really shock for all of us. Uh, Now I leave... uh... I already live for two weeks with my friends. They're from Ukraine. It was really awful because it was like night. And uh, I don't know. I don't understand that because the president of my country, he's a really aggressor and crazy people, uh, person, I'm sorry. And uh, the things that he he's doing, it's not right. It's not how all this stuff has to go in but I think that these times are very difficult for all of us I of course I don't want to tell about people who are in Ukraine because it is the war and this is just awful parents uh, my friends parents they are uh, they were and they are bombed by Russian uh, military and it's awful I just can see all these emotions Unfortunately, it is not good emotions at all. And I have half of my family in Ukraine and I had no connection with them for first, I think, eight days. And it was awful because I think there is nothing worse than when you just try to call and you have no no answer. Uh, So what I really want to say about this situation that I think that this is not the war of populations because um, Ukrainian people and Russian people, we were always like brother nations. It is war of our presidents. And uh, honestly, I really don't like this, this part of the situation that a lot of people start to hate Russians. I am I, agreed that this is terrible, this is scary, but I know a lot of Russian people who support Ukraine and Ukrainian people. So I really want to ask to not panic. I know that this is difficult, but anyway, because we are with you and we understand the situation. And I'm absolutely sure that each second person, Russian person, has friends or family in Ukraine. So... That's why it's not easy for all of us. And if we're talking about Russian people, all my bills are blocked uh, with this situation, like nothing, all money, everything is blocked. And uh, this is like impact, my impact. I don't know. This, I, I just hope that everything's going to end. Yeah, I... I can't even imagine, but yeah, you you brought up uh, some points that I want to go back and talk about, specifically talking about um, these, I'm just going to call it financial uncertainty, because um, we've seen uh, the US, Canada, and a lot of parts of Europe, they are tightening those financial restrictions on Russia. And the big one, which I think has affected a lot of people, is this ban that they've put on Russia, which kind of blocks them from using that international global messaging or or transact yeah bank transaction system i believe it's called swift which is a huge thing that everybody uses 
So you were saying that, you know, that's affected you and, and even talking about being able to, to pay for school or what has that situation been like? It was a situation that I just wake up in the morning and I understood that I can't take my money from the bank. I'm sorry for my English. It's just a little bit difficult for me, you know, second language. Um, it just turned off and that's it. And uh, I, I couldn't bring only $3,000 from my card and that's it. Everything else is just blocked. And I don't know how to pay for my college and, uh, you know, all this uh, stuff. Now I try to find a job and I believe that everything's going to be okay. But of course, it is really strong impact for me uh, because like I'm alone in the absolutely another country. But anyway, I try to be positive and have a positive emotions mostly. Which is, I, I want to comment on that. It's so incredible that you're being able to have these positive emotions and want to keep that positive attitude because like I said I I can't even imagine and before we go talking about anything else I just want to say my heart goes out to you and your family because especially that you're here alone and you were saying what you were saying just kind of putting into reference for me that you know you try to pick up a phone call because you couldn't get in contact with them but you pick up that phone and nobody answers but you kind of know what's going on out there I, I can't even imagine. So my heart, it goes up to you, your family, your friends, everyone. Thank you. Kind of going from there as well, talking about um, more on this, this financial, I'm going to keep calling it financial uncertainty because it, <laughs> that's the only thing I can really say to, to describe it. Because yeah, you wake up and you can't access your funds, your money, which is scary, especially being that you're alone here in a, in a different country with a different currency, but there is something I know that Fanshawe specifically is doing. I was talking to uh, our Dean of Students here at Fanshawe, Janice Lemaru, and she said that um, out of the, I believe there's 57 in total Russian international students and 56 Ukrainian students. And she said that their team there, they're working with everyone on a case-by-case basis and, and helping them to be able to afford expenses. And she even talked about they're developing a bursary for specifically Russian and Ukrainian students to access and to help them with other expenses and, and living situations. So hearing that and hearing kind of the support and how Fanshawe alone and even how our community is helping in, again, these uncertain times, how does that make you feel? Honestly, it made me better because uh, if we're talking about college, uh, the next day I texted to the, my like professors and my coordinator and said that now I'm not able to be on classes and uh, make all assignments on time. And I was surprised by the support that they gave me uh, because everybody understand the situation and everybody to try to help uh, anyways. Uh, if we're talking about communities, it is really huge support too because uh even now uh, i've talked about it before we live together with my friends because we just can't stay alone in this time and uh, we give each other a lot of support now because everybody is kind of depressed but uh try to stay like um stable yeah absolutely which i mean it it really is hard too to look at i mean especially for 
us here at the college and in this kind of age range, we've never experienced anything like this. We've only kind of read things like this in our history textbooks, but like I I saw a a fact about kind of what's going on in, in Ukraine and how this has become the second largest land conflict that Europe has seen since the Second World War. And even that alone is crazy because, I mean, we did learn about the Second World War in our history books. And this is also going to be something that future generations are going to look back on and see kind of how communities came together. And that was also one thing I wanted to to bring up, like you were saying. This is 21st century. It doesn't have to be because uh, the war isn't the way to regulate the conflicts like we live in the modern world and i think that this is just a crazy decision to start the war it doesn't have to work like that and uh, moreover russian use has so many impact on russian people like i connected with my russian friends uh, when it only started and all they said that everything is okay there is no war it's not a war it's just uh, something like uh, even didn't remember how they presented it to the russian people but they said something like putin he's he's just the best president of the world and it is it doesn't make any sense to try to tell them that it's not true. It's mm, it's awful. I don't know. I just don't have another words uh, instead of awful because I I don't know. That was one thing I wanted to to bring up because I did see that that in um in Russia uh, the media is being presented there on what's going on in Ukraine is a lot different than how the yeah. rest of the world is is presenting it and. Kind of talking more about that and what you've heard from from friends and family. What is life like there right now in Russia and how are things, I guess, yeah, kind of, yeah, talking more about how everything's being presented to them, kind of what you were saying before. It was uh, presented like a specific operation to save the Ukrainian people from the crazy Ukrainian president. Oh, just crazy. And um, it was presented like, there are no dead people, like that everything is going great, but that's not true. And when it only started, I started to post some stories in Instagram to support Ukraine and Ukrainian people. And my friends from Russia, they they sent me some messages like, you're not Russian people anymore. You're not Russian person anymore. Uh, you can talk like that. You're crazy. You're another bad words that I don't want to say and this is crazy and there were only maybe two three people who sent me messages that I'm right and that's true it's not normal and that Putin is uh, isn't the president that has to rule the country and this is awful because uh, Russian children and Russian teenager they don't have a future a good future because now one dollar costs 150 rubles it's extremely high cost because um, before the war it costs around 70 rubles wow yeah and uh, all the prices in shops uh just grow growed significantly grown it's Oh, I just, uh, I'm so afraid for my family because I have uh, 
I have sister and brother in Russia, and my sister, she has two little sons. And I don't understand how are they gonna grow in this country. And uh, now I'm I'm trying to do everything to pick them up from where, because this is uh, just terrible. It's worse and worse with uh, each year, the situation in Russia and the living in Russia. Wow. I, to, to just hear about some of um, what your friends, after you said you were posting a lot of articles that are talking about a whole different side to what's going on than what some of your Russian well, friends are seeing. So kind of talking about that, that friendship, because these people, they're close to you and, and you know them. Have you been able to still kind of keep that, that friendship and those, those connections going? Or, or how has this kind of affected you in, in your personal relationship sense? Firstly, I was uh, really angry because I didn't understand how how can they say that? Why why don't they say the situation and the truth? But after that, I just remember what news we have, which kind of news we have, and I understood that they they don't have uh, any you know international news or Ukrainian news. So it's not their fault that they don't see another news and but um, at the same time I don't understand why don't they try to find something because a couple of my friends and my mother all of them they try to find some Ukrainian channels and uh, just look at the another point of view but with friends who don't want to do it I just try to not touch this uh, topic, the political topic, because I understand that it doesn't make sense. Like at all, we are teenagers and uh, we can do anything. We can do just, we can cope with the situation. And I just try to not touch this topic with my close friends who have another point of view. Yeah. And it's definitely, like you said, it's it's a hard situation to, to cope with regardless of of any side or any form of the media that that they're seeing but i that also um kind of makes me think of another point that you brought up a, a little while ago but as you were posting more of these ukrainian that, that other point of view kind of media articles and, and reporting on what's going on in ukraine that you were facing some scrutiny i think is the the best word to say from some of your friends from russia but then you also talked about that you've seen examples of you know people here and in other parts of the world facing scrutiny just because they're they're russian and it's people Essentially, yeah. I'm not going to say it happens for, for everyone, but they, I also have seen some examples of, of people kind of taking their confusion and an anger out on Russian people and essentially blaming them for what's going on in their country or what their, their country's doing. So have you had any experiences other than what you were talking about with those, those mm-hmm. friends? Have you had any of those experiences or, or how does that make you feel? Or I had no like you know really strange situations but i had i had a message uh, on my direct something like you're russian why why do you support ukrainian in these situations i just try to stay polite and um, not nervous and have a conversation with the person and uh, i try to understand my point of view that i don't want to i don't want to blame russian people but at the same time i understand that this is the fault of my president and uh, I don't appreciate it. And uh, in the like majority, uh, 
you know, times when I have these conversations, I can provide my point of view to the person. And uh, that's why I have no conflicts here for now. But of course, sometimes I see stories that all Russian people, I'm going to kill all of you. And in these situations, um, I start the conversation. I just text to the direct that uh, you are not right at all. Like me and my family, we don't bomb your house. And I just start the conversation. And again, we just uh, have, I don't know, we just staple it to each other and try to not nervous. Usually I have, I have an answer that it's not about you. It's about people who bomb my, my house, my city and all of this stuff. So I don't think this is an acute problem that like Ukrainian people kind of bullied, bullying Russian people. It's, it's okay. It's fine. Everybody understand the situation. It is. A, it's a very difficult situation. And kind of like you were saying in, in that example, you know, they're not mad at you specifically. They're just essentially they're just taking that anger out on you just because of the fact that you are from the country that was responsible for bombing their house. I'm just using that, that example that you said. So it is a it's it's just such a weird time. And you throw in the whole media aspect of it, because when we look back again, to the, the Second World War, they didn't have the World Wide Web or the internet or social media for people to, to comment their feelings and attack one another in, in that sense. So it is, a, like you were saying, this is it is the 21st century, which kind of brings in a whole different level to these warlike conflicts. So yeah, I, I completely agree. It's a very, I mean, from my point of view, as someone who's just from Canada and looking at it from, from this side, it is a very serious topic. And I agree with what you said, you know, the people have to, you know, show their emotions. It's healthy to not keep them all bundled up. But I also think it's important to think about who you're kind of sharing those emotions yeah. to. And if they come across as rude or, or mean, or like you were saying, you saw one, it's like, I'm going to, to kill all Russians. And it, it's just someone venting out of that angry hole inside of them because of what's going on, which it's, it's not right for them to say that. Absolutely not. That's not something to joke about. People essentially just have to find ways to, like I was saying, kind of vent, because share those emotions, because it is a, it's a very serious thing that's going on in the world. And that kind of brings me to, to my last question here, tying everything that we've talked about. And Veronica, as you as a, a Russian international student, you've given us such a, a different lens as to what is what's going on. And, and we really appreciate everything that you've shared with us today. But for my last question, I just, I want to give the floor to you. If there's anything else you'd like to add or a final message you'd like to say to the students here at Fanshawe College or to our audience. I just want to tell that we understand all the situation. We understand that this is the fault of our president and we are sorry about it. But I just want to ask to not blame each other and not to fight with each other because we need to support each other in this situation because it's hard for each of us. And uh, we try to support, we Russian people try to support Ukrainian people in this situation. And we, we don't want a war. We, we want a, a peace in the world. Absolutely. Well, Veronica, thank you so much for joining us here on the Interrobing Podcast. Like I said, <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure to have you. And we're so glad that you're here with us at Fanshawe College. I, I hope everything was okay with my <laughs> oh my goodness no it was absolutely amazing thank you so much thank you to invite me
Thank you for listening to another episode of the Interabang podcast. You can catch up with every episode on Google Play, Apple Music, and Spotify. Make sure you subscribe to our newsletter to keep up with all things Fanshawe.